The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is good, everybody? Welcome to The Look Ahead, part of the SB Nation NFL show, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. I am Rob Stats Carrera. He is RJ Ochoa. What is up, RJ? What up, Stats? How goes it? Happy Thursday. Happy almost weekend to you. Thursday, the best day of the week. What a time to be alive. It's not quite April, and I said this on my own show on the Blog of the Boys Podcast Network. Be weary. Tomorrow is April Fool's Day. It's also a Friday. Watch out. The Friday news dump slot. Do not get got tomorrow of all days. Look <laughs> for the verified blue check mark, please. Can we all agree that like the April Fool's Day fake story stuff is lame? It's really like, why are we doing it? Like, let's just stop. It was funny once upon a time. Um, when I was in college, I um I, I called my parents and I told them that I had gotten like a callback to be on the real world. Um, <laughs> no. And, uh, you know, I, I thought like this will be really funny. And they were like, oh, my gosh, we're so proud of you. <laughs> and so then I had to tell them, actually, this is a lie. I thought you would be really upset. Um, so if anybody um, has been on the real world, my parents uh, would be proud of you. Johnny Bananas, if you're listening. That's a weird thing. I've never tried to fool my own parents with the April Fool's Day stuff, but okay, you do you. That's fine. Whatever. I mean, fine. I missed it up. I would. What's the best April Fool's prank you, loyal listener, have pulled? We would like to hear it uh, on Twitter at Stats on Fire. Rob is. I am on Twitter at RJ Ochoa. Uh, we would love to hear your feedback and you help mold the show. I do want to say that I help mold the Oddcast every week, no matter what. Like death, taxes, and an RJ Ochoa mentioned on the Oddcast. I don't think these guys can get to an episode without saying my name. Well, we had to mention it this week because you were specifically mentioned in the review that Look, we read. I live in the oddcast. I live rent free there. Um, it's okay. You know, I'll, I'm thinking about, you know, uh, leasing it. Who knows if anybody's looking for some space? <laughs> I have some that, that's come available. I mean, just, you know, heads up. All right. We have a lot to talk about on today's show because we had a coaching change yesterday that nobody. Well, I shouldn't say nobody saw coming. Many people didn't see coming, but I think there's one specific person that did, and we're going to talk about that. Also, the over-unders are out, RJ. This is, I'm in such a good mood. This is like a holiday for me. I love over-unders. I have some predictions. I was pretty good last year to toot my own horn, so you may want to stay tuned for that as well. We have a lot to get to today, but before we get to all of it, I want to remind you that we are brought to you by 
DraftKings Sportsbook. And DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNNFL only at DraftKings. All right, RJ. Sitting around last night, actually finished my workup for Niners Nation like I a little you were early. Say workout. I was gonna laugh. Workout. <laughs> if anyone's, I mean, if you're watching this on YouTube or Twitter, like I'm 150 pounds soaking wet. No, <laughs> you could have been on like the treadmill or something, or like the elliptical. I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe you're pelotoning it up. I mean, you know, keeping keeping that cardio going. Yeah, this just in. I don't. Uh, But anyway, I'm sitting around and I'm like relaxing for a change. And all of a sudden I see the update on my phone. Todd Bowles is the coach of the Buccaneers. And I'm like, what, what happened? And Bruce Arians, according to the story that the Buccaneers are trying to peddle RJ, Bruce Arians is stepping down. He's going into a front office role. Todd Bowles is the new coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Do you buy the story that the Bucks are putting out there that Bruce just wanted to step away? He wanted to put Todd Bowles in a position to take over a good team. And, you know, he's going to transition to this front office role. I want to say two things before we have this discussion. All right. The first is kind of a self thing. The second, actually, the first is a general thing. The first is I'm very happy that Todd Bowles is a head coach in the NFL. I think you agree with me, right? Like in a vacuum, we're very happy about this, right? Yeah, I don't really care, but that's sure. Fine. I mean, him. he deserves it. He's he's you know done a great job in Tampa. I'm totally down for this. Second thing is, again, before we have this discussion, I have been like on the hill of being out on Bruce Arians, of seeing through the facade by myself for a very long time. Okay, so I'm again, I got a lot of properties that I'm willing to lease out. You want to jump in on this? I'm more than welcome, or more than happy to welcome you into my humble abode uh, in this regard. Now. This specific point that you're alluding to isn't necessarily about Bruce Arians being a fraud, but I totally agree with you. This reeks of Tom Brady only came back because he knew that Bruce Arians wasn't going to be the coach. All the rumors that they clashed styles, Bruce trying to like, you know, just force down the media's throat like, no, I understand him better than than Bill ever did. No, I mean, no. Tom hates you. It's okay. You know, you guys want to chip together. You'll always have that, and you'll always have that over everybody else. But, um, yeah, this this really, really, really reeks of uh, being, you know, designed by the greatest player of all time. Maybe, honestly, even being a conditional sort of thing for him to return. This is what bothers me. It's the fact that all these quote-unquote insiders are participating in this BS narrative. Like, let's just... Just step back and just try to apply the slightest bit of skepticism to this story, right? Like, what has been well-established about Bruce Arians? It's well-established that he is not a grinder. He's not the sleeps in his office, gets in at 4 a.m. guy. He's ve- And he's been very public about this. He is very much like and he a does, And he doesn't want his staff to be that way either. He, he wants right. a culture. And, like, good for him. Like, that. there's, you know, he wants people to be with their families. Like, it's not like he's lazy. I mean, he just, you know, it's not his cup of tea to be that way. Right. I, th- that's known. He's admitted it. He's talked about it. He's promoted it. What is known about Tom Brady? He is an absolute opposite of that. He's a grinder. He lives, breathes, sleeps football in every single moment of his waking life. That's clear, too. Then we get this report that Arians wasn't around enough for Brady's taste, that Brady didn't think he worked hard enough, and then all of a sudden he would swoop in, he being Arians, and make changes to the game plan that Brady and Byron Leftwich have basically been cramming on all week long. 
all of that jibes with there being an issue with Tom Brady. And yet we're supposed to believe that just by pure happenstance, pure coincidence, Tom Brady decides to come back and Bruce Arians steps away. Like that's the lie that they want us to believe. I also think it's ridiculous to expect anyone to believe that Tom Brady would return and be totally fine with his head coach, like independent of who it was, just suddenly retiring. You know what I'm saying? Like (laughs) there's just like of, of all people in the universe who would be upset with that status quo being altered, you know, at a moment's notice, like randomly, it would not be Tom Brady. Like there's no way that, that this, this particular person, that's, and you're right. Like it's, it's just stupid to like expect all, expect anyone to believe this like heaping pile of, you know what, but like, and, and now there's just nothing but victory laps being taken around Bruce Arians, legendary career, the mighty quarterback whisperer who worked with Peyton Manning and Ben Roethlis and Andrew Luck and Carson Palmer and Jameis Winston, who did win a Heisman Trophy and did go number one overall, and Tom Brady. Like, this dude, I don't want to like make it sound like Bruce Jones is a terrible coach. He just happened to work with, like, literally some of the greatest quarterbacks of all time and only those people. Um, and so, but people are like, what a quarterback whisper. His offenses <laughs> are amazing. Yeah, I mean, I wonder why. Um, look, I have a different – there are several, like, tentacles to this. Um, and when you and I were slacking, kind of preparing for this, you brought this up actually. And again, there was a lot of like kind of putting out of fires by various NFL insiders on this. What about the Rooney Rule? All right, what what about the Rooney Rule? And and the fact that two minority candidates have to be considered for this particular job opening. Obviously, Todd Bowles is a minority candidate, and the job went to him. And so there's you know that kind of like, hey, you know, this was unnecessary because it went to Todd Bowles. But if if the like idea and we and this has been literally a subject of the owners meetings that this all went down around is the integrity of the Rooney rule and interviewing multiple minority candidates how did this not happen and what's more is immediately after the fact while people are asking this question it comes out well it took place after March 1st so the Rooney rule doesn't matter after March 1st because all other candidates really wouldn't be an option it's thought that all legitimate candidates would have jobs by then well what that's what the hell that's the dumbest thing of all time like if the Rooney rule exists it exists before and after March 1st like there's no point in time where candidates would or would not be eligible or theoretically available like what there are tons of people that we've talked about for years that should seemingly be in have been in contention with Eric Bieniemy. like you know there's just one name right there that how was he Eric Bieniemy not considered why, why were multiple people not considered and if this is the case then how how do we know that teams won't like exploit this in the future like how do we know that team x won't say you know what we have player person y set up to be the successor we're just going to wait till after march 1st and the head coach will retire and then we don't have to like worry about losing our coordinator or whatever and we don't have to interview anybody like it is disgusting that this loophole exists and like they're kind of bragging about it yeah i agree it's a massive massive loophole and this is the the ironic thing in the, in the article that peter king wrote explaining this I'm just going to read to what it says. Arians and the Bucks wanted Bowles to get the job. And so they went to the league and said, essentially, let's not go through sham interviews when we know we're hiring Bowles who will improve the league's bottom line for minority hires. The, peep, the, the opponents of the Rooney Rule say, let's not do sham interviews when we know the person we want to hire. Now, obviously, it's a little different because the Bucks' choice for this was a minority candidate. But I agree. I think this can be used in the future. 
And the justification is, well, uh, head, the NFL allows head coaching interviews only after the regular season. And it would have been precedent setting for the league to allow coaching interviews now. So what? Isn't it better to set a precedent than to have this giant loophole in here? Because it's going to come up, RJ. You know it's going to come up. And I could see a situation where if you have, let's say it's the Cowboys with Mike McCarthy, right? Everybody in the world knows Jerry Jones would love to hire Sean Payton. Well, what if Jerry Jones is like, you know what? Let's just wait to fire Mike McCarthy. Yeah, let's just wait until after March 1st. We never have to, you know, totally right. Coaches are skipping the combine now anyway. So it's like, who cares if Sean Payton's not at the combine? Like it just, it's a wide open loophole that no one, again, apply skepticism here. Don't just, just eat this food that they're trying to shovel down your throat. And I think it's crazy that no one's looking at this. Like, are we sure that we're all cool with this situation? Look, I'm very happy that Todd Bowles got the job. And I'm very happy that the level of minority head coaches in the NFL increased with his hiring. However, this is the same NFL that people constantly accuse of being full of nepotism, right? Like this is a who you know business, right? Like, and and you've you know heard it with the Shanahan's, we've heard it with uh, the um, goodness the Kubiaks. Like, oh, there's all sorts of families and lineages, and you know, on and on and on. Like, those are just two of the families that are you know percolated around NFL coaching situations. But how is that not a, a point of nepotism or nepotism isn't the right word but like favoritism to say we want Todd Bowles to get the job Todd Bowles deserves the job but like you didn't even consider anybody else like how is that that's not fair just process that that is obviously you know opposing the Rooney rule but it's just opposing the general workplace like protocols like you know when anybody has a job they like that's literally a thing in corporate America you can't just say well we want to hire this person so we're not you have to list the job you have to go through that process I'm sorry Bruce Arians you might think it's a pain in the Yes, but you literally have to do it. Those are the rules. That is the law. And you're right. Like people are just yupping this up that everyone's like, oh, this is so awesome. Todd Bowles, it is awesome. But like the process of how we got here is not cool. And nobody wants to like pay attention to that because it's like Bruce Arians and he's going to have his press conference and he commented on Tom Brady's Instagram post with the scotch emoji and he's so cool and he wears the hat and he curses at people, blah, blah, blah. Tom Brady had that long Instagram post pretty damn fast after this news broke, too. Just saying for all the people that, uh, you know, are not applying the proper skepticism to this. And the only other thing that I want to talk about from this, because Arians talked about, like, well, we wanted to get Todd Bowles a head coaching job with a real quarterback. Todd Bowles was with the Jets. They had Ryan Fitzpatrick. And they had Geno Smith. Here's the thing. They chose Geno Smith. You can't give Todd Bowles a pass because, like, oh, he never had a real quarterback. You picked your guy, and you picked wrong. So, again, I'm happy for Todd Bowles. That's fine. But, like, I don't think Todd Bowles was a victim of of being with the Jets. Like, he made his own bed there. Now, I think he'll be better with Tampa Bay, obviously, with Tom Brady and a much better team. But, like, I'm not, you know, I'm not totally excusing the failures that he had with the Jets because he had Geno Smith, at quarterback, when he picked Geno Smith. Right. I mean, even, I mean, look, Todd Bowles failed as the New York Jets coach, and that's okay. And, but to that point, how, how did Todd Bowles get the New York Jets job? I know you know the answer, but I'm just going through a process here. What, what was his job prior to that? I actually don't remember. He was the defensive okay. coordinator somewhere. <laughs> he was the defensive coordinator for Bruce Arians' Arizona Cardinals. Oh, the that's Cardinals right. That, that's right. That had the success and went to the NFC Championship game, whatever. And so, like, again, 
Bruce is and like good for Bruce that he has had Todd's back in uh, this whole time. But like this is like that's concrete proof that he has been trying to get him to a head coaching job like for at least seven years now, and he got one. He, and and good for him, and he deserves another one. Like I said, his resume speaks for itself. But there there is a point of of like favoritism and specificity with all of this, and nobody seems to care right now because it's just like oh they're gonna have a press conference, it's gonna be awesome, blah blah. And I I don't know like Bruce Arians in general. His the whole experience I have never bought in on. I, I have never this just this is a very awkward, weird, unorthodox, uncommon you know thing that's happening, and he just expects everyone to celebrate and take laps around him because he's Bruce Arians and he's awesome. Um, he's had a great career, and I, I don't want to take away from it, but like this just smells a little funky, um, and it's it's a, even more funky that everybody else is lining up to talk about how like beautiful it smells, and it, it doesn't smell funky at all. RJ instead, you're the, you're smelling. Quit quit looking under you know looking for things that aren't there. Like this is just just celebrate, just have a good time. No 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 no. There's something like legitimate here that nobody wants to talk about. Two things can be true at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's good that Todd Bowles deserves this another shot to coach. He deserves it. But also, the way we got here is not the best process for the future. And I just want to point out one more thing, RJ. I do think it's funny that Bruce Arians somehow found a way to do even less work than he was doing with Tampa Bay now as a coach and still get paid for it. Because he's not retiring. He's, quote, transitioning to a front office role, whatever that means. You know, like... he wasn't a grinder. Byron Leftwich did the offense. Bowles did the defense. Like, what was he doing in Tampa Bay? Now he's going to be stepping away from that and doing something in the front office and still getting paid. It's a pretty sweet gig if you can get it. Two things I will point out. That's the exact same setup that Mike McCarthy has. But instead of people saying, it's a pretty sweet gig, ha, 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 it's what a loser. He's lazy. No, like, if you're going to chastise Mike McCarthy, which you should, you should chastise Bruce Arians for the exact same thing. Because it's the, it's the exact same setup, the exact same, you know, situation, flow chart of responsibilities and protocols. But again, this is where people, and this has always been my point with Mike McCarthy, people that are just trying to confirm their priors. And with Bruce Arians, the prior that they're trying to confirm is that he's cool and that he's awesome. And so they're justifying that. With McCarthy, it's that he's lazy and he's an oaf. And so they're justifying that. It's the same exact identical situation. And the last thing I'll say on this, back to where we started this discussion with how awkward and weird and whatever it is, is you you mentioned it when we were talking about Todd Bowles, how Bruce noted that he wanted to leave Todd in a situation where he could flourish with a legitimate quarterback, whatever, didn't want to, you know, again, to your point, set him up with a quarterback who he chose, like Geno Smith. Okay, well, Tom Brady retired um, and then unretired. So, like, again, it's not like Tom Brady's been in the picture the whole time and Bruce has been thinking about this and, and mulling this over the entire offseason to where he finally had this, like, you know, awakening and said, you know what, Todd, I'm, I'm ready to leave now. You know, you got you've got year three of Tom Brady, whatever. No, no, no you were going to have a bad quarterback. You know what I'm saying? So, like, what would you have done, Bruce, if Tom Brady hadn't retired? Would you have kept coaching? Like, the, the, the timelines here don't line up. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, it stinks to high heaven. What's more likely, that everything just happened to align perfectly or that Brady was like, I want to come back. I don't like to play with Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians didn't want to retire and totally walk away from the game, so the Bucks said, okay, go to the front office, Bruce. You still be part of the organization. We'll still pay you. And everyone's happy. That just seems more likely to me. I would only amend that to say, because you said Bruce didn't want to retire, walk away. I think Bruce didn't want to be pushed out. Bruce didn't, you know, Bruce wasn't going to go quietly. And so it was, look, Bruce, we'll put you in the front office. We'll give you a desk. You never have to show up. 
you still get to get paid. And Bruce said, yep. hell yeah, as long as I still get to get paid, I'll keep buying my whiskey and I can keep putting gas in my boat and go fishing and everything. And that's that's the way. Like this is it's not hush money, but you know what I mean. Like this is this is keep you happy money while we you know get the goat back. If Tom Brady said the only way I come back is without Bruce Arians, this is the only way the Bucks could make that happen because they can't fire Bruce Arians. He's got more playoff, like almost more playoff wins than every other Bucks coach combined. Like this was the only way that that could happen. All right, let's take a break, RJ. When we come back. We're going to look at the over-unders for the 2022 season. They came out. Our friends at DraftKings released them this week. I'm super, super happy. We'll start with the Bucs because something interesting happened with the Bucs odds because of this news. So we'll start there. And I have some picks for you that I want to get your take on when we come back. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back here on the SB Nation NFL show. This is the look ahead, RJ. So let's look ahead to the 2022 season. The win totals have come out from our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. And I want to start with Tampa Bay because that's been the subject of the show so far. The odds have come out. And guess what? Head coaching change with the Bucs. Their over-under win total did not move at all. 11 and a half. How often can you say that when a team changes their head coach, especially at this point in the offseason, which basically never happens, that their win total stays totally the same? I can name, and I'm looking at my helmet collection just to be certain, I can name three other situations where that would be the case. Do you want to guess them? No. The Green Bay Packers, right? If, if Matt LaFleur is, is swapped out for Rob Stats Carrera. Oh, no, I mean, in, in the past, though, has this ever happened? No, I'm saying like I'm just saying this would never happen. This this would be, this would be the case hypothetically for the Green Bay Packers moving forward. I I, I mm-hmm. can't speak to historical you know accuracy. I don't think it would be impacted if the Cincinnati Bengals got a new head coach, right? It, it would be they got Joe Burrow, they're good, and the Buffalo Bills. As much as I love Sean McDermott, Josh Allen is just that impressive alone. But you're right, this is um you know a unicorn sort of situation. And as I'm looking over these to pick out like my favorite ones and things like that, just one thing struck me. Well, two things, really. Lightning. I want to take the under on everybody in the AFC because it's so good. And I want to take the over on everybody in the NFC because it's so weak. Okay. What are they? I mean, like, this is this means nothing if you don't give us the actual numbers. I mean, okay. You know. <laughs> I don't want to, like, pat myself on the back too much, but I was pretty damn good last year picking over-unders. I We picked, uh, me and BLG picked one best bet from each division. And I got five out of the eight divisions correct of my picks. So I feel like that's pretty good. And can one you, was a can push. Can you confirm whether or not the NFC East was a division that you got correct stats? In the NFC East, uh, I got it wrong. 
Because uh-huh. I took why? I, why did you get it wrong? Who did you believe in improperly? I had Washington over uh, eight. If they didn't lose their starting quarterback for the whole year, I may have been correct. Just interesting. Want to point that out. Interesting. Embarrassing that you believed in um, you know the football teamers. Okay. Just wanted that so, on the record. Uh, a couple of things that I thought were interesting. I want to get your take on the Chiefs. The Chiefs' win total is eleven, but here's what's interesting to me: the under is minus 145, which means you have to bet $145 to win 100. The over is plus 125. So you bet $100, you win 125. What that's telling you is Vegas thinks there's a better chance the Chiefs win less than 11 games than over. So if we, you know, and you have to, because people will just rip through these like I'm about to and just say over under for you know whatever. But like one over under that's true or false for the Chiefs obviously impacts the Raiders and the Broncos and the Chargers, right? Like because there's a there's a finite number of, of of wins that have to happen unless there's a billion different ties, which wouldn't happen. But uh, which almost did happen in the regular season finale within this division actually. But um, eleven is is. I mean, how do we, how many games do we think they win in the division? Four. See, I feel like just to be. To be safe, you got to split it, right? Just say they go three and three. I think it's four. Like I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. I know I know, Ty- I know Tyreek's gone, but like I'm willing to give them four within the division. Like I think that precedence is there. They've won the division what like four or five years in a row. I mean, like again, I'm willing to kind of lean on some history there. Um, so that means they got to pick up seven elsewhere. Um, although this is an over under, so you're taking you know they got to pick up eight elsewhere to hit right. the over on on eleven. Yeah, I'll take the under. Uh, <laughs> I just. And I, I don't want to be that like I know we've all like raced to be the the Chiefs are falling apart guy, but and I don't think they're falling apart, but I think you know it's going to be as my friend Stats likes to say a meat grinder to get to ten wins in the AFC, especially in the AFC West. Do you would you significantly change how you feel about that if they made a move for another stud wide receiver, say DK Metcalf? Because that's my thinking is like if you're confident in that, then maybe you take the over now. And just kind of hope and assume that they make a big move for another wideout. No, because to me, Patrick Mahomes is Superman, right? And whoever your wide receiver is, is just like another member of the Justice League. You know what I mean? Like whether it's Aquaman or Green Lantern is irrelevant. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Superman is the one leading that charge. And so I like that's where my confidence ultimately like lives and, and dies. Um, and we saw at times some questionable play from Patrick Mahomes last year and I know you and BLG have actually talked about this on the oddcast like will he learn from that will he be humbled by that will he realize you know what I can't play like Superman like there has to be a level of logic to my game but but well will, will, will an injection of logic change Patrick Mahomes's game like they're they're at such a not crossroads but like they're we see this like all the time we, we have seen this with so many teams like it is very 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 difficult to be this consistently good year after year after year after year and the progression has been happening little by little by little by little and because of how great they are they've been staving it off so i i i would take the under if i had to right now today i think i'm gonna take the over i don't feel great about it here's what i I look at their schedule i'm like okay let's just say they split the division because it's gonna be tough that's three wins they got the jags that's four titans five seattle with no russell wilson six Houston, seven, Indianapolis, eight, 49ers, nine, Cardinals, 10. That's 10 wins right there. So all I got to get is two more wins from the rest of the games on their schedule. And I hit the over. So I, I try to build in 
my the fact that the NFL is unpredictable in some ways, but I feel like I'll take my chances in that specific scenario. Even though I agree it's going to be difficult, I feel like I'll take the over, especially if they happen. If they trade for like a DK Metcalf or a Tyler Lockett or something, I feel even better about it. So I hate to like forecast these things or, or like just put them out into the ether, ether, whatever. Um, but it's do ether, you know how many? Okay. So Tyreek Hill is gone, right? Do you yep. know how many games in the Patrick Mahomes era that Travis Kelsey has missed? Not many, right? Two. All right. Since 2018, he has missed two. That's crazy. Um, it is insane. <laughs> and I mean, so again, like, I don't want to be like Travis Kelsey is going to get hurt this year. I, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope Travis Kelsey continues to flourish. But like, not only have the Chiefs, you know, been incredible, but they've also like had very, very solid predictable luck in that department and like we, we talked about this last year when, when the Cowboys and Niners both had all these injuries in 2020 it was look, there's going to be some regression to the mean for both these teams in 2021 as far as injuries are concerned etc cetera, etc cetera, etc cetera. and lo and behold they were both playoff teams the 49ers obviously a very good one and so like that pendulum will will you know will swing and it's not even necessarily just Travis Kelsey it's it's everywhere else I mean like Tyron Matthews probably gone right like the great Daniel Sorensen's gone I mean like that team is going to look very 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 different you know and like Patrick Mahomes is amazing but just because you have Patrick Mahomes and 21 other starters does not mean that you are the same Chiefs that have gone or that rather that have hosted four straight AFC championship games so I'm I don't feel great about it but I definitely can talk myself into the under making sense yeah, that's a logical argument because if Kelsey were to go down, then it's Mahomes and Juju Smith-Schuster. Nicole Hardman. And that's not, you know, that, that's not Clyde exactly. Edwards-Alaire. Wow. Yeah. Remember when everyone thought he was going to be like the league's best weapon and oh my God. Yeah, it turns out not so much. No, all that right. was like, oh my gosh, he fell all the way to the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean. We do cause... that with good teams though, right? Like. Good teams take somebody that like they fill a need and we're like, oh, they're going to be so good. No, not necessarily. He's mm. fine. He's not a bad player by any stretch of the imagination, but he's not like somebody that's keeping defensive coordinators up at night. Right, right, right. All right, RJ, let's go to your Dallas Cowboys now. I always like Ooh. to get your take on the Cowboys. Right now, they are at 10 and a half, according to our friends at DraftKings. I'll give you the first crack at this one. Where are you going? So do you have their opponent list in front of you? I do. Chance? Um, okay, so I actually wrote something that came out today on Thursday for anyone who's tardy with your listening of the podcast, um, where I ranked the Cowboys opponents for next season from best to worst. Um, I, I tried to keep this away from like where the games were, like just evaluate, you know, who the teams are, etc. But I couldn't get rid of like total context, uh, unfortunately. So just quickly, from best to worst, one through fourteen, because obviously they play their division rivals three times. Uh, so the best team, in my estimation, the Cowboys will play the Green Bay Packers, and a big reason for that is they they own the Cowboys, and that is Mike McCarthy's return to Lambo, whatever. Anyway, so number one, Packers, two Rams, three Bengals, four Bucks. We like if, if I said all those were losses, you wouldn't be shocked, right? Agreed. Okay, so that's four. Um, this is where it starts to get winnable. Titans. This is the fifth best team they'll face in my estimation. Mm -hmm. Eagles, I think they'll they'll win at least one game. So there's two wins. Um, Vikings, who actually I think I'd be too low on. The Colts, who I don't believe in. Giants, Bears, Commanders, Jaguars, Lions, Texans. I think that they easily beat the Texans, Lions, Jaguars. That's three wins. I think they sweep the Commanders. That's five. The Bears, you know, six. I think the Giants will be improved. Like I'm willing to say that maybe the Cowboys split those. Like if I'm being, you know, if I'm injecting some like, you know, balance here so that's seven wins um say they win eight beating the eagles and nine beating the titans so then you got to win two of packers rams Bengals, bucks 
Vikings, Colts. I feel pretty good about that. I do too. I would take those. And honestly, I'm not willing to say that the Giants are going to be improved. Why? Why do we think that that Brian Dayball is going to be a good head coach? We have nothing to back that up. Just because he was a good coordinator, that doesn't mean anything. History is littered with great coordinators who stunk as head coaches. And you know this, RJ, because Norv Turner, Cowboys old offensive coordinator, fantastic at the OC job, not good as a head coach. Agreed. And I said this on my show that went out at Blog on the Boys today. I mean, the reason I think they'll be better is, A, the bar is, like, on the floor low. Um, and they, they have, like, <laughs> competent NFL minds in, in their building now, right? Like, so, like, there will be some improvement. Like, however much you think it is, is, is obviously debatable. But they'll be better. You know what I mean? They won't be this, like, total tire fire. So I think, that, I think the floor is 10 wins, but it's just a matter of, like, do they deliver? And on the subject of historical context, and this is something BLG and I t- talked about on the NFC's mixtape this week, the NFC East has not had a repeat winner since 2004. Um, that's important to say. The Dallas Cowboys have – do you know the last time the Cowboys were playoff teams in two consecutive years? No. What would you guess? Like, just if you had to, how long? If you had to guess how long it's been, uh, I would say six years ago, fifteen years ago, two thousand six and two thousand seven. Oh, ever since then, man. um, ever you know when when they they they've never actually since then been a wild card team. They've only been in the playoffs as division winners. Their last wild card appearance was two thousand and six. Um, so generally speaking, after a successful in the respective way of the division uh, season, they implode. They fall apart. They're terrible. Whatever this and that. Some excuse. Something dramatic and terrible happens. Whatever because they are the Dallas Cowboys. And so that exists, right? Like, can you finally do that? And I think ten wins wins you the NFC East. So maybe they they win it. They, you know, so they defy those odds, but they don't hit the over here. I would take the under. Just just but there's too much data and historical precedents to say that they can do it again. I like their schedule. It's soft, but maybe I'm too low on the Colts. I know you and I both believe in the Vikings. I mean, those are two games that can switch if, if the Eagles are a little bit improved. I mean, it, it could swing a number of different ways, but I don't think they're beating the Packers, the Rams, or the Bucks. And so that's three losses right there. So now you're talking about you got to not be perfect, but it's it's a lot more difficult for you down the stretch across the rest of your games. They did play the Bucks tough. It's it's not like they are totally outclassed. Yeah, that game but- could have gone either way. But Amari Cooper had a great game that day, and he's True. gone. And C.D. Lamb had a terrible game that day, and he's their number one wide receiver now. Um, and that was the season opener, and there was some juice to it. And to be fair, that was in Tampa. This game will be at AT&T Stadium. But, um, again, they have done nothing but give us reason to believe that they will disappoint because that's what they do. And and just for, like, total, like, context here, the, the years after, 2008, when they were going for their third straight playoff appearance, not only did they implode, but Tony Romo got hurt. And I don't know if you recall, they lost a win and in game in week 17 to Philly, 44 to six um, in 2008. <laughs> in, in 2009, they bounced back and won the division. But the next year, Tony Romo got hurt. Wade Phillips got fired, incidentally, after losing to Mike McCarthy's Green Bay Packers. 2014, they win the division. Okay, cool. Let's run it back in 2015 after Des caught it. Romo gets hurt. The whole season falls apart. 2016, they win the division. But the next year, 2017, Zeke's will they, won't they suspend him season. 2018, they win the division. They're back on top, whatever. 2019, Jason Garrett's final year. Just a total, complete disaster. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I hate to be like the sky is falling, but the sky falls <laughs> like af- after they do something notable. And this offseason kind of feels like the sky is falling in its own special way. Yeah, they have not had a very good offseason. Right now, I think you could make the argument that they are not as strong a team as they were last year. But the division being so weak, and that schedule is not its not crazy hard, considering that they won the division. Is it, is it fair to say, 
in your mind that the two worst divisions in the NFL, like in, in totality, are the NFC East and the AFC South? Is that fair? Uh, the NFC South is not great, but, you know, I would agree with what you said. Those divisions play each other <laughs> this season. So, like, so, and is it is it fair to say that the Cowboys are the best? Like, the Cowboys are better than the Titans, right? We, 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 we agree there? Yeah. So of the eight teams involved, the Cowboys are in the most luxurious spot, seemingly, because they get to play, Agreed. Uh, you know, what, th- uh, 10 games against those people? I mean, like that. So if you think that they do well in, in that division alone, or those two divisions alone, then yeah, maybe they hit the over. Last thing before we go, since I covered the Niners, I want to go there. What do you think the Niners' win total is for 2022? Mm, if Trey Lance were to start at quarterback for the entire season, I would say... 10 and a half. If Jimmy Garoppolo were to start a quarterback for the entire season, I would say nine and a half. So <laughs> that's such an <laughs> indictment of Jimmy Garoppolo. Those are my answers. What is it? It is 10 wins right now, according to our wow, friends. Wow, right in the middle. So because yes. it's unknown. Look at that. No, it's not unknown. It's going to be Trey Lance. Um, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. You know, it's funny to me. If you asked me right after this season, I would have told you, oh, they definitely hit the over. Look at the 49ers schedule. It's a third-place schedule. But all of a sudden, RJ, that schedule has gotten a lot tougher, despite the fact that it hasn't changed because the Niners have to play the Buccaneers. Now Tom Brady is back. And they have to play the AFC West, which every good player in the freaking league has gone from the NFC to the AFC West. It's unbelievable. Oh, Russell Wilson's out of the division. Great. Where did he go? Denver, AFC West. Chandler Jones is out of the division. Great. Where did he go? The Raiders, AFC West. It's like, damn it. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. It's tough. Uh, <laughs> like it's it's definitely tough. Um, it, this would be the year, by the way, that like the Niners would get to the Super Bowl and face the Broncos. You know what I mean? Like it would it, <laughs> it would be amazing, uh, amazing theater. But um, I mean, so who is your 17th game against? So you have the AFC, because um, the Cowboys, the NFC East has the AFC North. Um, who is your, is it the AFC East or the AFC South that your 17th game comes from? Uh, I don't know. Is it the Texans or the Dolphins on your schedule? It is the Dolphins. Okay. Ooh, Mike McDaniel and, and Tyreek Hill. So now you have to face Tyreek Hill. Right. On, uh, on top. So it's like, yeah, he's leaving the AFC West, the one departure, but he goes to literally the other AFC team who we have to play. Um, okay. So if we're playing that game, the Niners play the NFC South. I'll say the Niners. I think the Niners sweep the Cardinals. Dude, I'm so out on the Cardinals. Like, they are such losers. Like, they I am, always play the Niners tough. Though. They kick the car out of them with Colt McCoy. Okay, let me rephrase. They sweep the Seahawks. Sorry, yes. Drew Locke, whatever. So sweeping the Seahawks. There's two. They'll split with the Cardinals, and I'll say they'll split with the Rams. Okay, so I'm, there's four through the division. They will lose to the Bucks, and then I don't see any reason why they would lose any other NFC South game. I don't, th- I don't see how they lose the, the Saints, the Falcons, or the Panthers, right? So there's seven wins right there just through their uh, those, those you know situations. They get the Bears, there's eight, and the Commanders, there's nine. And that's just the NFC. Here's the thing. Carson Wentz, as bad as he's been, has won his last two games against the 49ers. He beat him with the Colts last year, and he beat him with the Eagles the year before. I don't know why. It doesn't make sense. I do. His name is Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, you might be right about (laughs) it. So, okay. So we're at nine, just through the NFC games. Uh, The Dolphins, look, 
Tyreek, fine. That's a win. That's 10. So now you got to do is win one more against the AFC West. Like, and it's very possible that they lose to the entire division. But look, I I think the worst team in the AFC West might be the Chargers. I'm willing to say that. Like, I, wow. I believe, I believe really? in them so little. Dude, I believe in them so little. And like, we do not roast them enough for how they, they completely folded down the stretch last season like they they completely and totally folded and nobody cares like this is a the chargers and colts are in the same situations and no, like just like mike mccarthy and bruce Sanders, nobody no because the chargers are cool and sleek and sexy and they play it so far and nfl networks so are like nobody wants to say it they folded down the stretch wow that's pretty harsh by you i think they hit the over i'll take the over on san francisco this is my worry. Like Trey Lance is such an unknown, and when and he I might have suck an, and be terrible, and you might have made a right. horrible decision, right? Yeah. When I have an unknown, statistically speaking, right, the odds say he's more likely to be a bust than he is to be a superstar, right? I mean, you have to agree with that. He, I'm a homer. I think he's going to be good, but even I can't argue that just statistically, more players end up bust than end up stars. So if that's the case, and you look at their schedule, and you're like, okay, he's going to be the worst quarterback in how many of these matchups? I, I hate to say it, but I, I think that I might take the under on this. And it was part of the reason I wanted Trey Lance to start last year, right? Get some of these struggles and issues over with so that you can put yourself in a position to compete in 2022. Obviously, they didn't do that, but I, I could see the 49ers very easily going nine and eight this year, something like that. Looking at just the NFC games, because Trey is an inferior quarterback to every AFC West team. And right now he's inferior to Tua, right? Let's, you know, let's be fair, right, to Tua. So looking at the NFC games, he's the inferior quarterback against the Cardinals or Rams. He's a better quarterback than Drew Locke. Like even an unknown is better than Drew Locke, right? <laughs> um, he's obviously inferior to Tom Brady. He's inferior to Jameis Winston. Is he inferior to Sam Darnold? I don't think so. I don't think so. Right. So Sam Darnold, is he inferior to Marcus Mariota? Probably. Um, but it's close. Somewhat it's close. close. Um is he inferior to Justin Fields? That I mean, obviously, that's going to be a massive, massive question. Maybe. We don't know. So, okay, we'll call that a half, just like we're calling Marcus Mariota a half. He's definitely not inferior to Carson Wentz, right? So, like, I know what you're, I know you're afraid for whatever dumb reason, but he's not. So the only, like, if we, if we did the math here, the only, like, the number of games we're willing to say 100% Trey Lance is the best quarterback in this game are the two Seahawks games and against the Panthers. That's it. And yeah. then two halves. So you got four total, but three and then two halves. That's fair. That's and nuts. Uh, maybe, like, wow. maybe I'm wrong. You know, like I, I'm trying to be objective and fair about this. Obviously, I hope he's great. Of course, I hope he's great. That's the team I root for. I've been screaming for this guy to start for a year. But especially when my money is involved, I try and be as scientific as possible here. And so I think I have to just take the under as, as much as it hurts me. And I hope to be wrong. Uh, that's where I got to go. I don't, there's logic to what you're saying. I guess I just trust Kyle Shanahan um, and everything else. But that could all like you can only be the team that wins in spite of your quarterback so much and, and, and for into so like to such a great length. You know what I'm saying? And like they've kind of burned up all that rope. And so like. I mean, seriously, when was the last time the 49ers won a game because their quarterback carried them? I think it was probably two in 2019 Halloween against the Cardinals. Jimmy Garoppolo had a fantastic game, threw for over 300 yards. They couldn't run the ball at all. I would say that's it. 
but honestly, it almost never happens. And if I was going to put the scarlet colored glasses on really quick before we wrap up here. Scarlet? That's the like official thing? That's dumb. Yeah. The, scarlet and gold. I didn't name it. It's that's really the color. Super anyway, scary. if I was going to put those glasses on, I would say is if Trey Lance just doesn't turn the ball over the way Jimmy Garoppolo did, the rest of the team around him and Kyle Shanahan is good enough to get them some wins. If he's just not a complete disaster, which really none of the quarterbacks Kyle Shanahan sad. has this is had. so sad. This is so sad. You just you traded up to take a dude at three overall. And and the like supreme hope for him is just if he's if he stays out of the way. No, like, no. What I'm saying is if he just stays out of the way, they're going to be really good. If he's, you know, if he's anything better than that, they have a chance to win a Super Bowl. But if he can just not mess it up, they're going to go to the playoffs easily. I don't know. I mean, I took the over and I feel comfortable, but like I'm, I'm definitely skeptical, you know? I mean, and we don't, that's going to be the fun of this season is we're going to find how, out how many NFC quarterbacks are 100% worse than him. Right. That's like, <laughs> I'll, I'll, no, like seriously, like I, I will say Carson Wentz, I won't say Daniel Jones. Um, oh, I would. Because Daniel, Daniel Jones, we know he's there's, a turnover no, there's, factor. Dude, like, again, Daniel Jones has been playing with his right arm time behind his back. I mean, to, to this point. So, like, I'm still willing to give Daniel Jones that tiny benefit of the doubt. So, I'm willing to say Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. There's two. Um, Sam Darnold. And Three. Drew Locke. Drew Locke, four. I, I don't know how you can't put Daniel Jones. I mean, Joe Judge again, didn't like, make I, Daniel Jones no, like, fumble just, the ball every I, other snap. Look, we saw what Brian Dayball helped Josh Allen become. I want to see that with Daniel Jones. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I want to see that before, like, I'm, like, the, the jury's out and we're, we're, like, kind of, like, 11 of 12 have come to this conclusion. And so I'm just wait. I want to hear what the 12th has to no, say. That's really where I'm at. Josh Allen showed flashes of, Daniel wow, Jones has ability. shown, like, flashes of athleticism. I mean, he's got a fumble problem, like, nobody's business. RJ, but... he's in the open field running untouched, and he trips over his own Look, feet. Give me okay. a break. No. Daniel Jones stinks. <laughs> the jury is out. I mean, come on. No. He's terrible. Anyway, like, I'm he... I'm willing to – I just want to see. That's, I just want to see. But I'm, you're right. Like, I'll lean that direction. But I'm not, like, 100% ready to put him in the same camp yet. But, yeah, Carson, Goff, Drew, Donald, put them all in there. I'm good with that. Uh, it's, that's why I think it's going to be so much fun. I, I, God, I hope I'm right. It, you, you say fun. It could be like, honestly, the worst thing of all time. <laughs> I, I want to open the present though, right? Like you could only stare at the gift under the tree for so long. And yeah, it's fun to dream about what it might be. But at some point you got to open it. Because I am a student of chaos and a citizen of chaos. I want him to start and be so bad. And for them to, <laughs> and, and for them to turn to Jimmy and for them to just like rip off six wins in a row or something like that. No, like, he's not going to be on the team. You've been saying that for a long time. You, you said Russell wouldn't be in Seattle. You said Aaron wouldn't be in Green Bay. You know, is Russ in Seattle? You said that last year though, and he was. So, yeah, he took his foot off the gas last year. He didn't do that this year, and that's why he's out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I scared him away in our interview. That's true. You don't discount that. I actually, I meant to bring up a long time ago about this, the edible ink thing. Uh, from that interview, like, I look, I love Russell Wilson, but that was weird. Like, yeah, know, for just... people that don't know, he was pushing this sandwich at the Super Bowl and he was autographing the sandwiches on Radio Row. And I was like, what? How are you going to eat a sandwich if you autograph it? And he's like, oh, it's edible ink. There's no way I'm eating that sandwich after he signs it. No way. I will say this. Um, you know, when you do interviews like this, like generally the person is pretty amicable and it's pretty fun, whatever. There was some legit tension. Like, it, <laughs> like if, if anybody hasn't watched or listened to that, like 
it was it was not just like complete lighthearted nature. Like there 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 was some like Russ was a little pissed and he was kind of coming at stats, but but you survived and I'm proud of you for that. Look, I had to exact some sort of revenge for the torture that he is. He's 17 and four against the 49ers, 49ers in his losing to the Broncos, 38 to 10 in the Super Bowl. It's happening. Oh God, why do you got to ruin my season before it begins? All right, that's gonna do it for this edition of the Look Ahead. Again, wait, rate, wait, wait, stats. What is something you're going to watch this weekend? We've been talking about, you know, things we're going to watch. We, we threw billions out, or not billions, uh, McBillions out for people. Billions is a thing, but um, what's something you're going to watch this weekend? Give Moon us, Knight. A, oh, you're going to watch episode one of Moon Knight? Yeah, I, gonna, well, I was going to watch it last night, but my wife wasn't in the mood. So tonight's my fantasy baseball draft, which I'm super excited about. I love fantasy baseball. So that's going to just consume my entire night. But this weekend, we'll get to Moon Knight, and I okay. recommend everybody does. Okay. You? Thanks for asking. Oh, I was going to say, thanks for asking me the question. I'm still in the middle of catching up on Succession. So probably going to watch some of that. Uh, I will also watch the first episode of Moon Knight. And uh, the Valero Texas Open. Next week is the Masters. Holy crap, I'm pumped. Yay. Don't let's do that. If, let's see if Tiger Woods can come back for I a round. Hope Trey Lance. <laughs> I hope Jimmy Garoppolo is a 49er forever. That's the meanest thing you've ever said to me. Rate, review, and follow the SB Nation NFL show, everybody. Happy Thursday, and we'll talk to you next week.